welcome again to A Pastor and His People. Uh, I am Pastor Dave Keene, Pastor of Park Baptist Church. Uh, this is a podcast really trying to help uh, us as a church get to know uh, one another and how we can encourage each other to become better disciples of the Lord Jesus. Today I'm with Jack Blankenship. Hey, Jack. Hello, Pastor and His People. <laughs> well done. Uh, Jack, why don't you just first uh, tell us about yourself, uh, tell us where you're from and uh, you know, family life, kiddos. Yeah, so uh, I am uh, I'm a military brat. My dad was a career Marine, and so our family moved around a lot. So every time I get the question, where you're from, I usually, Alabama was kind of home base for us. My mom and dad are both from Alabama. and So, so you roll tied? I am not, <laughs> and I would never want that on anybody, War Eagle all the way. Um, so yeah, we grew Moved around a lot. Uh, we moved back to Alabama, where I is where I finished high school. Went to the University of Montevallo. Uh, did a four year degree in biology. Um, not using that now, obviously. What as did a you study? Did you have a particular in biology? Yeah, yeah. Studying? So I did undergraduate research on uh, Rana Capitosavosa, the dusky gopher frog. So yeah, <laughs> presented at the National Council undergraduate research and all that jazz and. So now I'm telling people about Jesus, which so you're kind of like a you're a, a, a you're a reformed biology nerd. Yeah, reformed biology nerd, and uh, yeah, have an emphasis on the nerd part. Okay. But uh, yeah, and then um, so after graduating, uh, I um, went and served another summer doing summer missions, and was smitten by this beautifully wonderful young lady on my team. Um, and decided that I needed to propose to her before anybody else did, and she said yes. And so Carrie and I met doing summer missions, and then she finished college, and I went and served a year in Wyoming as a semester missionary, worked in a church out there. And then we were married and went to seminary, and uh, we've got four kiddos. Uh, Caleb is about to turn 13, Noah is 11, Josiah is 9, and Eden is 7. Wonderful. Um, so you are um, the campus minister, right? That is correct. Uh, at, at BCM here with her. Before I ask that, okay. how, let me, tell us first how, how you became a Christian. How did the Lord okay. call you to himself? Yeah, so one of the things about my family is that we were, um, church was always an important part. So no, I said we moved a lot. No matter where we moved, it was part of uh, my mom and dad's first priority was to get us involved in a good church. And so wherever we lived, no matter where we went, we would um, we would be part of a of a, of a Bible believing Bible teaching church, and so even from a young age, we were you know just kind of surrounded by the truth of the gospel. And I remember as a child, understanding that I needed a savior. I didn't understand the full depths of the gospel, but understanding that I was a sinner and that there was nothing I could do to make myself right before God. But God loved me in spite of my sin and sent Christ to die for me, um, and He was raised again in the hope of new life. And so. Um, at a very young age, at I believe seven, um, I trusted the gospel and um, trusted the Lord Jesus and was was saved and baptized. And uh, then when I was 16, I was sitting in a church service one Sunday morning and uh, <laughs> honestly had zoned out just a little bit. Um, and uh, kind of the thought came into my mind, uh, you need to go into full-time ministry. And that just... I almost laughed out loud um, because I, I just thought, no, no, I was, I was set. I wanted to be a veterinarian. I was going to go to Auburn uh, to be a veterinarian, and I uh, just kind of said that's what I was going to do. And 
I, I couldn't get away from that thought that had come into my mind. And so I went and talked to my pastor and my, my student pastor and just kind of just kind of said, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Am I crazy? And we spent a long time praying, months praying. And I felt just the Lord just really said that he was calling me into full-time full-time ministry. And so when I was 16, I surrendered to the call to ministry. And uh, yeah. So you, uh, after uh, seminary, you were a youth pastor for a few years. And, yep. and then God kind of revealed to you that your your calling probably wasn't to stay in youth ministry, but really had a niche for uh, collegiate ministry. Yeah. Uh, God kind of called you to uh, Winthrop University. And the cool thing is that it kind of, I mean, I'd say cool. I mean, it's really God's kindness uh, in terms of how he has used you to grow that uh, ministry there. And I think I say cool because I had a chance to see it, right? Yeah. To get, get there <laughs> yeah. as a friend and watch God just kind of use your, your influence to grow the ministry. Why don't we just give a testimony on uh, what it, why, what is campus ministry? What does that look like? What does an average week look like? And then what are some things that God has done uh, in the ministry since you've been there? Yeah, it's, um, man, it's just a blast. I love, I love getting to work with college students. We, uh, we are um, an extension of the local church. And what I mean by that is we're not our own church. We're not doing things outside of the church. Um, we function in a lot of ways uh, like our international missionaries do. So our churches kind of support us and encourage us, and we become their representative on campus. And so, you know, I represent not only not only our church, but the churches of the York Baptist Association and ultimately the churches of the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Um, Which is um, unique because a lot of campus ministers uh, have to raise their own support to be right. on campus. And yeah. I think one of the unique things about being a Baptist is that the, the South Carolina Baptist Convention supports you and pays yeah, your salary, absolutely. provides training and all that, so that you can really just focus all time on all your right. time on the students. Yeah, I've got a lot of friends in ministry that that have to spend half their time meeting with donors and 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 people to support the ministry and and to raise funds and you know, praise the Lord that they're able to do that yeah. and God provides. But man, just the the wondrous the generosity of South Carolina Baptists to give to the cooperative program. Um, is you know kind of the name that's given to that supports not only the the ministry at Winthrop but really across the state and across the world. So those same missionaries that are sent out through the IMB are supported through the same cooperative program that sends me out over to our campus. Um, so we just you know so what we're wanting to do is we want students to know Jesus, grow in their faith, and be sent out for Him. And so we're we're really focusing on helping. How are we? Uh, finding students that don't know Jesus, um, meeting with them, sharing the gospel with them, getting them connected to local churches where they can be plugged in and be a part of what God's doing there. And so a lot of ways, I think BCM is kind of like the front door. So a lot of students will come and maybe maybe they've had a bad experience with church or they don't care anything about church, but they'll come to a campus ministry where they get a free meal and they'll, they'll hear the hope of the gospel and have friends who've been changed by Jesus. And then those friends will, you know, we always then get them connected to, um, you know, a local church where they can get in and serve and be served and, and grow. And then really we want to, we want to become just a, just a kind of a, a boot camp or a training ground to help students see what it looks like to be, you know, have those tools necessary within the, within a local body to be the best church members they can be. And as we as we help encourage them and and, and equip them, we, we're giving them tools that they can then take and put into practice, you know, in, a, in their local context after they graduate 
you know, really for the rest of their life. Yeah. One of the things that has been um, beautiful to see is, you know, God has kind of knit you with a heart to pray, right? You love to just kind of go and bring things before the Father, and you've tried to lead a ministry at Winthrop, kind of bathing um, the ministry in prayer. Um, so some of the the ministerial successes that you've had at Winthrop really can be directly tied yeah. uh, to seasons of prayer. Yeah. Uh, I know when you arrived at Winthrop, how many students were there? Yeah, so on a, on a Thursday night gathering, we'd have 35 to 40 students. And how many guys? We had three guys, yeah. So what was your first yeah. prayer? Yeah, our first prayer was that God would bring bring young men to our ministry. And we, we prayed as a team, um, as the... The leaders, you know, the young ladies that were there that just loved the Lord deeply and were committed to Him and the gospel, that was something they said, man, we just want to see guys here and loving the Lord and and being part of what God's doing. Um, and I remember just a couple years later, the one Thursday night where we were jumping up and down because there were 30 guys in the building. You know, there were 30 guys there and we probably had close to 90 people there and a third of them were guys and it was just unheard of. And so then our prayer was, you know, Lord, thank you for bringing these young men. Now, would you bring us some young men that are, that are equipped to, to, to disciple the other ones. ones. And, and God did that too. God answered that prayer. And, you know, we've prayed over time for students to, to come to faith in Jesus or we've prayed specifically for students to uh, go on missions and you know so a lot of times we'll we'll pray specifics so like so for instance this year one of the things we were praying for we had what we called our 620 prayer initiative 620 is our address on oakland avenue uh we had six things that had the number 20 in it so one of those 20s was 20 students to be saved uh this year through the ministry of bcm now Obviously, we're, we're, we're totally fine if the Lord decides to save 120 or 2,000. Yeah. We're great with that. Um, and it's not as though we're, we're putting a fleece out. But we're really we're just wanting something to pray specifically. We just want to ask the Lord, open-handed, Lord, if you, if, you, if you have, for whatever your reason is, you're not going to do this, then we trust you and we, we will follow you. Um, but Lord, here's what we're asking. You know, because the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Um, and that yeah, I was reading just this morning where, where Jesus talks about us praying in faith, praying, believing. Um, and I think sometimes we're a little bit nervous because, you know, the, we're, we're told to pray according to the God's will, you know, if it's God's will. So we, we read in the book of James, we're nervous because we're at, we feel like if we ask God to do something, we're, we're shoving aside if it's his will. But I think that out the, the the tension that we find there is good. And I think when we come in faith and say, Lord, you are capable of this and so much more. And God, this may not be the right thing, but we're going to ask for it because we believe it honors you and it glorifies you. And the thing we're asking for is people to come to faith in Jesus. And we know the Lord wants that. And so we want to pray for those things. We want to pray in faith and trust the Lord to do what's left. Amen. I mean, I, I would I would echo when I look back at the ministry of Park Baptist Church. Uh, God has always blessed our ministry, whether it be financially, whether it be with people, whether it be with ministerial success. Just seeing God move in a mighty way, it's usually always connected to prayer. Yeah. You know, God, we pray, and God answers those prayers. It, it's really cool. I was um, there was a, a small book that was put together about um, 
kind of the history of college ministry in the state of South Carolina through the Baptist Convention. Uh, Winthrop is Winthrop and South Carolina were the two first. Uh, so we're the oldest ones in the state. But in that book, one of the things they talked about was the first full-time lady who led the ministry at the time called the girls that were at Winthrop to a season of prayer. And they saw crazy things start happening on campus. People getting saved, people being discipled. Of this, you know, at the time when there was an all-girls school and this, the girls just really growing. Um, and I think that we still are seeing the answer to those prayers even today. Even the prayers we're praying are being prayed right along with them in a sense. Yeah. Um, so you, uh, besides just being on campus, uh, you have always loved the nations. Mm-hmm. You've always yeah. had a heart to, to kind of go to the nations. Um, why do you? Why would you encourage not just college students, but anybody uh, to spend time overseas doing mission work? Oh man, this is a whole other podcast because uh, I could talk about this for a long time. I, you know, I think one of the one of the reasons uh, is first and foremost, God has a heart for the nations. I mean, we see all throughout Scripture. I mean, obviously, the Great Commission, Matthew twenty eight nineteen and twenty, go make disciples of every nation. Um, but the problem is some people think that's where God's heart for the nations started, but God's heart for the nations is all the way back in Genesis. We can look at Genesis and see God's heart for the nations. Yeah, the great, the great promise to Abram. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. You, all nations. All the yeah. families of the earth. Yeah. God, God did not have a, just a plan just for Israel, but a plan for the nations. And we, um, don't just have an obligation. We have the privilege of being part of what God's doing. God has sovereignly chosen to use his people to be the mouthpiece of the gospel. Um, and we live in an unprecedented age where, uh, where Paul had the Roman roads to be able to get all over the known world. We have the ability to fly across the world in less than a day, something that would have taken him months and years to get there. We can within 24 hours be on the opposite side of the world. Um, and we, we live in a country where we have resources to be able to do things like that. And an American passport will get you into so many places. Um, but I think the other part of it is we can get real wrapped up in America and the way America does things and our own kind of almost kind of a sense of cultural superiority. And when we go somewhere else and we see brothers and sisters in Christ. So when I've been to Ethiopia and I've walked up to a church that has had to hire a security guard because the church has been burned down three times, that changes things. Um, It changes the way that I think about following Jesus. It changes the way that I think about praying for them. Um, When I see hospitality played out on a totally different scale and a different culture, it reminds me that the gospel transcends our culture um, and that... um, there are people who, one, need the gospel desperately, um, but that, two, that we have brothers and sisters in Christ that we may be separated by language and culture and distance, but we are closer than even some of the people who live next door to us because of Jesus. Amen. Uh, well, I'm going to ask you another kind of one of those big picture questions, and I could probably ask you uh, each one of these could be their own separate podcast. Yeah. So, so just know that. <laughs> we just start a podcast. Oh, we, start, we should just start a the, podcast. The Dave um, and Jack podcast. Yeah, maybe you know the college and campus podcast. Yeah, that's like a good that. idea. It's, it's, it's been, it's been you and I will subscribe to it, and we'll have two subscribers. Let me ask you in terms of obviously when you're leading a ministry, you can't do all the ministry yourself, right? So. Uh, you have 200 plus folks coming out on a Thursday night. You can't disciple all of them. So you've really tried to pour into leaders uh, with your lead team and 
Uh, how do you and your wife uh, disciple leaders to reach others? Yeah, um, and, I, and I'm glad you said you and your wife because, I mean, Carrie's just such a huge part of, of what we do um, and kind of who we are as a, as a team. Uh, we approach ministry as a team. Um, but, yeah, so I think there's just one is intentionality. We have people in our home, so our leaders come over to our home once a week. And we gather together and we spend some time in the word. Um, and then we talk about what needs to be done. So we, we root everything in the idea that we need to be growing in our personal relationship with Christ. Um, and then we spend time throughout the week uh, where we meet together with intentional, okay, this is how you study the scriptures. This is what we're learning. How can we pray for each other? How can we um, just continue to grow in our understanding of not only the word, but what it means to live. We're making sure we're encouraging them to be part of their local church. And so there's a there's a personal element. It just takes time, and it just takes, you know, kind of that just kind of giving yourself to them. Um, and sometimes it also means having very hard conversations. I mean, there's been times when we've had to have hard conversations with people, um, most of which have been received well, some of which sometimes <laughs> they're not received very well. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, but... And then I think it also on the on the flip side of that it takes humility on our part because sometimes you want you forget um, that kind of where you are the Lord has brought you there over a, a lifetime and that people are some people are just trying to learn some of the some of the lessons that the Lord has been gracious to teach you He's you know kind of letting you be part of them learning some of the same lessons. So uh, every area of ministry is is a little bit different in terms of who you're ministering to. Uh, college students are kind of in a unique place in, of, in, their, in their life. What are some of the challenges and um, challenges that keep in doing ministry and discipleship and in helping you know college students find the Lord? And what are some blessings of working with college students? Yeah. Um, so really, I'm going to flip the answer because my, my first thing is just the blessings is uh, college students are just – they're a lot of fun. I mean, they, they, they have an energy, they have a joy, they have um, a desire to just continue. Uh, they're willing to take risks. They're, they're not kind of set into their ways in a lot of this, like, like I get set in my ways, but they're, they're just still trying to figure some of that out. Um, they're in a point where they're learning and being uh, equipped for the rest of their life. When you think about like a job or things, so they're also ready to kind of know thing about being equipped to serve the Lord for the rest of their life. Um, yeah, I think some of the challenges is right now there. Um, I mean, like any time in college students' life, there's a lot of opportunities for them to do lots of different things, and so it's really easy for them to get spread real thin or to not commit to a lot of things because they are to single things because they got a lot of things going on. Um, I think some of the challenges just kind of in the world we live in, uh, you're, you're inundated completely when things like social media um, and uh, just the way the internet and technology is continually evolving and changing so quickly. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that I think we don't have to, we don't, we're not ready and equipped to fill out exactly what we need to do with it. I mean, I think specific things, I mean, I think things like, uh, I think pornography has a greater stronghold than we realize uh, amongst men and women. Um, and then just, you know, helping students to live. And I think this, this transcends time. I mean, this is working with college students years ago and probably into the future. Um, 
one of the struggles is when you're young, you kind of feel like you're, you know, 40 foot tall and bulletproof and helping them just kind of understand to, to number their days um, that they would know that the Lord has given them a finite time. And this is the time now to serve, not in the future. Oh, we're going to get just two more questions. One would be, if I want to work with college students, how do I do that? Right. If I have a, if I have a heart to work with college students, maybe how can they come alongside and support you and maybe labor alongside with you uh, with BCM? Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, for especially for this podcast, I'm thinking in particular, we have people who are um, part of, of, of our church family. Um, I think one is trying to figure out how we can do it here in the church. So even partnering with WIT and the way college ministry is going here now, some of the things we have going on, because those church relationships are massive. Um, and then secondly, it sounds kind of trite. We talked about it, but I need prayer partners. I need people who I know that I can count on be praying for us regularly. Um, and then people who are just that I know that are there that maybe is like, Hey, I've got a, I've got a student, I've got a young lady who needs somebody who decide to disciple her. And if I know that I've got, you know, a member here at the church that, um, is just ready and willing to say, Hey, I'll meet with somebody regularly, or I'll help out if you've got a need or, you know, there's not a, a, there's not a standing thing that I can say I can plug 15 people into, but most of it's just knowing that people are there, they're ready to pray and they're ready to serve. And that kind of when something comes up, I know, Oh, I know exactly who to go to because this person's already said that they're willing to go. Yeah. Well, uh, just lastly, how can we pray for you? Yeah. Um, as I just pray for our family, uh, our ministry is a very family involved ministry. And so all of our family, even down to our kids is involved in what we do. And so that's, that's really exciting and fun for our family, but it also can make it tough. You know, that just trying to, trying to find that balance, um, is, is important. Um, just pray for me personally, um, that I would be, that'd be bold with the gospel and have opportunities to share the gospel with students. Um, and that we would just make real wise decisions. You know, we always, we're always with college ministry every year, you lose a lot of people. So like in a church, when you raise up leaders, Lord willing, most of the time, those leaders will be with you for years and years and years to come. Well, every year that we raise up leaders, we almost in essence lose a quarter of what we had the year before. So we're, we're constantly having to refresh and, and recycle. And so that can be a little bit tiring. Uh, so just pray for perseverance and wisdom in that. Let's pray. Uh, Father, I thank you so much uh, for Jack and Carrie and their ministry uh, at Winthrop. God, we pray that you would continue to use them mightily, Father, that they, they would go um, and plead before the throne of grace, God. For you are the one who give, gives us help in our time of need. And God, you have helped them tremendously in that ministry. We pray that you would do so more and more. God, we pray that this 620 initiative, that you would have saved 20 people this year through the ministry of BCM, that you would put 20 people on BCM summer missions, God, that you would just work in that ministry to accomplish your will. Uh, Father, we pray for their family. We pray that you would give them um, strength and endurance uh, for this task, Father. Uh, cause ministry requires sacrifice, and not only from Jack, but from his whole family. So, God, I pray that you give them perseverance. Uh, God, we do pray you'd make Jack a bold with the gospel. Uh, we know that I've seen his fruit, God. I've, I've known that you have uh, used him mightily through his preaching ministry. So, God, I pray that he is proclaiming your word week in and week out to those college students, God, that you would bear much fruit, not only uh, in this life, but the life to come. Uh, and, Father, we do pray just for wisdom, uh, wisdom for Jack and Carrie is all the, the myriad decisions that they have to make. God, we pray that you would just make them uh, wise um, 
servants of the Lord Jesus, God, that they would make decisions that would help form people more and more into the likeness of Christ. Lord, we love you, and I thank you so much for his friendship uh, and just uh, what you're doing in his life, God. What an example of uh, of what a true uh, servant of Christ is. Thank you so much for this day. In Jesus' name.